Hello, and welcome to Talkie Talk, the podcast for the media by us. My name's Brent, I'm here today with Chris. Hey! TJ! Yar! And David! Hello! All four of us reunited, and it feels so good. Full house. Uh, we're going to be talking about things we've been watching lately. We're going to follow that up with some news. We're going to follow that up with some recommendations. And let's start with what we've been watching. TJ wants to go first. As you can see at home, he's raising his hand. <laughs> Uh, I really don't have anything, but I did. <laughs> I've, so I had a freak out moment when we were coming back. Uh, me and Chris flew up uh, to Baltimore. And on the way back, I was frantically trying to download something on my iPad before the flight. And I couldn't find anything on Netflix that was like downloadable that I wanted to watch. So I just downloaded like six episodes of The Office. Um, but I skipped one, and I've decided it is by far my least favorite episode of The Office. And it's the episode where... Holly and Michael are moving back to Nashua. Holly is. Daryl's in the car with him. Daryl's in the car with him. Oh, yeah. And that same episode is the one where Jim's brothers are being a dick to Pam. Yeah. Oh, yeah. And it's just like nothing funny, all sad. Yeah. So I just skipped it. I just want to say it's it's my favorite sitcom of all time, and I uh, found the episode that I hate. Wait. Great shows can have bad episodes? (laughs) Yeah. Insane. <laughs> in uh, in my rewatch of The Office, there was one episode I had to skip, and it's because it's the it is for me crossing the line of cringy to the point of I don't enjoy this anymore. And it's uh, um, Scott's Tots episode. Oh, so <laughs> it's just so harsh. So such a I just the the expectation of what's coming in that episode. I was just like, I can't deal with it. Got to move. No, Got to skip this one. Yeah, that's like that is full on David Brent awkwardness. Mm-hmm. That's, yeah. Oh yes. Do you uh, do you have a favorite episode of The Office? Do you have like a or at least uh, more than favorite like best episode? Mister I mean, Mister Romcom over here is like the one where Jim proposes to Pam. The wedding is fantastic. The wedding episode. Is so good. <laughs> I mean, it's good. Yeah, it's yeah. Good. yeah. Um, it's hard to pick one after that. I mean, the episode after that is really funny. It's the Frank Toby episode. It's the episode where Toby comes back from Costa Rica, so it's got the no, dear God, please no, <laughs> and uh, the. <laughs> Michael buys the marijuana from the guy's advanced refrigeration and it's just a caprese salad. <laughs> it's got like almonds in it and everything. And uh, Toby at one point he's like, did you put caprese salad in my desk? And Michael he goes, thought it gives a lot to put caprese salad in your desk. <laughs> True. I think my favorite episode is the dinner party at Michael's house. Oh, at Michael's condo. So good. I think it's... That's also really rough. It is really rough. Though. It is, but for me, it like, it's, it's the... It's so rough, and I want to just keep watching it. I want, like, I, w- I wish that episode were just Hunter's, Hunter's the whole song. night. <laughs> so bad. When Jan gets up and starts dancing and green, she reaches for for Jim. Jim, yeah. Oh, man. That is... <laughs> the port just got braised. It should be about three hours. It's so bad. That episode's got one of my favorite little goofs, though, which is, uh, sometimes I stand here for days watching my HDTV. <laughs> it's, yeah. like, it's like an 8-inch TV on his wall. Yeah. Said, you know, or if we have a big crowd, I can push it back in. You know, <laughs> open up the room a little more. <laughs> I think my favorite's like the season. I think it's season two finale. The first couple seasons, I had like the discs of, and would just watch them again and again in college. So yeah. I'm partial to those. Season two, it's either two or three finale where they have the uh, the the tests of strength and endurance at the. Uh, you know where they're doing a hot dog eating contest, walk over coals, <laughs> oh, yeah. and it ends with uh, the, the interview stuff for the job. And uh, last mm. scene is 
Jim coming in, That's... or Pam, they break the wall of the talking heads. Yeah. I think for the first time on the show. Yeah. I think it's that's a, it's a date. I like that, that one. one. Yeah, that's yeah. that's good. I'm really partial to the uh, to the soiree at the beet farm. The uh, <clears throat> when it's a uh, uh, Andy has his parents mm. come down and it is a, like a almost like a faux gala at the Sh- at Shroot Farms. Oh yeah, I just I just really like the, there's so much good physical comedy in that episode where Jim writes the fake book. Yeah, about. How to host a garden party? Yeah, so, <laughs> plants it for Dwight. Yeah, the credit, the closing credit scene is Dwight and all of like the help doing like a haka with like torches <laughs> in like, the backyard. <laughs> Anything with Moe's in it is just fucking yeah hilarious. Michael Sure, yeah, like one of Brent's favorite sports writers. Yeah, and I think one of the best TV writers. Yeah, but yeah, The Office. Did you watch anything else? Nope, just that. <laughs> all right. Since you last podcasted, though, you've uh, seen a movie. Oh, uh, yeah. I guess we could talk about that. I figured we were, at some point, we can go full spoilers on Endgame, because David's the only one who hadn't seen it. David yeah, don't, I don't care. David didn't care. Well, I saw Endgame. Yeah. That was one of my movies I was going to talk about. Well, let's go to Chris, then, and start with Endgame. <laughs> okay. Chris, what you been watching? So, I saw a couple action movies. <laughs> no, I guess uh, I will I will eat the transition well and say, uh, yeah, I uh, saw Endgame this week. Yeah, and I guess we'll probably put something in the notes, but heads up if you missed it. Yeah. Stop listening if you... So so the Russes have lifted the spoiler ban, so I feel like we're fine. Yeah, they're tweeting stuff out now, the people in the movie. They did a GQ interview of uh, most notable moments of every Marvel property, of every of, of the Marvel Cinematic Universe, and they were full fucking spoilers. Um, you know, the Tom Holland trailer is now playing before Endgame. The new uh, Far From Home, <laughs> oh, wow. where it starts with Tom Holland going, if you haven't seen Endgame, when you find it on the internet, it's now just like full. So Some movie theaters are actually yeah. playing it after Endgame, so that they have a credit scene. Have it's, you heard or read about anything? Well. So you really don't care if we spoil? Yeah, go for it. Okay. You sure? Yeah. <laughs> okay. <laughs> I feel like you, you stood on that like chair and explained that like the third episode of the podcast, and we have held you to it for two and a half years or however long it's been now. But I don't care about spoilers. Yeah. Well, because you know, because you're going to see Endgame in like polite. six months, right? Yeah, you're going to see it whenever it hits like Netflix or Disney Plus, whatever, and then like you're going to be spoiled in a less fun way in the meantime. Sure. Well, I think there's, I think the the two, I think there are three big spoilers from the movie, maybe. It's how I would classify. Three big character endings, so to speak. And I think two of them were pretty predictable before this movie ever came out. For sure. Like, uh, you figured that either Iron Man or Captain America might sacrifice themselves in yes. some way, shape, or form. Let me guess. Iron Man dies. Iron yes. Man dies, yes. <laughs> Let me guess. Black Widow dies. Yes. 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 Let me guess. Captain America goes back to relations with Haley Atwell. Yep. Okay, so are you just like already aware of the spoilers? Yeah. Okay. okay. <laughs> I, I haven't heard of the uh, uh, after or the whatever teaser you're talking about. But uh, the, so similarly, I don't care. Spider-Man it's, trailer just gives away the ending. To end game. It's just yeah. Peter Parker responding, like reacting to a mural of Iron Man, mm-hmm. and saying like, "I still see him. I still like, feel him." Holy shit, David's good at movies. It's <laughs> like, well, yeah, the first one I was like, okay, that makes sense. And he, he picked Black Widow, and I thought, well, that's really good. And then he, the, the Captain America thing, I was like, 
Yeah, you're not making that <laughs> bullshit up. No. Straight off the dome, dog. <laughs> um, so yeah, it's... Uh, I think the Black Widow thing, I didn't see coming before the movie, but once the movie started and you saw the state that she was in oh. at the beginning of the movie, it made a lot of sense It's uh, like Black Widow dies. Yeah, it's like, I, I don't like to, to look at plot holes, but like for people not knowing what the Soul Stone is or how to get it, to send like two people, they got so fucking lucky that the two people they sent could sacrifice one or the other mm-hmm. in order to get the Soul Stone. Otherwise, they would have just been boned on a cosmic level that they couldn't fix with like, well, let's just go to a different and get more pin particles. Oh, right. Like... If they would have sent anyone else, except like Captain America, uh, other than uh, you know, right, Barton, like, what if like Ro- Rocket and Captain Marvel went there? Yeah. Right, like they'd just be like, yeah, we don't care. She should die. That's what Rocket would say. <laughs> or like the curiously absent from the time heist plot, uh, Okoye, if she tries to go back with you know, I was wondering where she was. I don't know all that. Yeah, irrelevant. I mean, that's that's. Yeah. I was I was wondering also not to say like ah stupid with your idea. But it could be even as easy as just like Walking Dead or whatever. I don't know what that show's doing. Right or like now. dealing you with other mean? things, you know? Yeah, because they, they made she was really Wakanda, right? Um, but <laughs> dude, I like they had Captain Marvel stress that multiple times in the movie where it's just like because it's the big question that everybody has as soon as you see what Captain Marvel can do. We're just like. Oh, you could have just solved every movie we've ever had. Where were you in the Infinity War? And she's like, well, there are other planets. Yeah. That it don't a, have you. It was a good quick patch right. for that. Yeah. Like, there's the rest of the universe, and they don't have all of y'all. It's not a great <laughs> explanation, but also, you gotta have one, so I'm fine with yeah, it. Yeah, and in a movie with a lot of you gotta have an explanation, it's just one of another. Yeah. So. I, I told TJ, I said, this movie hit me in the feels, it did not hit me in the brain so much, but that's fine, I didn't need it to. It, yeah, I, I wanted it to hit me somewhere else. I, I still, gave it, <laughs> still gave it uh, four stars, I think it's a, a good comic book movie, through and through, mm-hmm. um, but it didn't give me what I got from Infinity War, mm. which was um, some kind of conflict that felt troubling. Um, as soon as Scott Lang knocks on the door and goes, hey, time travel, quantum realm, I was like, okay, they've won. Mm-hmm. As soon as they, they did that, they won. The rest of it was just popcorn. And there's like really no like trouble or conflict or really heavy stakes at that point. Um, so... That's why, like, I mean, I feel like in Infinity, we we are spoiled by knowing that this is the end of the phase, and mm. there's no way to not think about that. So, not to bring in myself as my own worst critic as, oh, I expected X, Y, and Z. I didn't expect anything, I didn't come in with expectations, but I knew that this was going to be the... You know, footnote—not footnote, but the the bookend mm-hmm. to mm-hmm. this set of movies—and knew that in order for them to make more movies, they're not introducing more characters as I'm sitting there watching it. Right, like it's going to have some semblance of a happy ever after. That it doesn't for every character is like, okay, sure, yeah, you know, that was all forecasted brilliantly in Infinity War. So, you know, yeah, like uh, I, I did. I guess, yeah, I had the expectation that they would win. Like, right. if you knew that walking in the theater. You're like, this is one where we win. Because it would have royally pissed a lot of people off if 
if like they lose again and Doctor Strange is like, wait, I, was, I found one more. <laughs> now we're in the end game, guys. Yeah, this was actually got uh, tickets to the next one, please. I, I meant to say that there was one in fourteen point five trillion, and uh, you picked the wrong one. But I didn't know how to tell you. <laughs> this game is way more Ender than that. You call it Ender's game. <laughs> We're gonna. What the fuck is that kid's name? He's got a ridiculous name. The kid who plays Ender. Asa Butter. <laughs> yes. <laughs> or Field. Asa Butterfield. <laughs> Wait, it's Asa. 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 Man, like what you say in karate. I like how that's the part you're upset about. Not. I mean, he has a certain. Name well, I guess a, a, yeah. I've already, I've already dealt with the rest of his name before. <laughs> <laughs> the, how dumb it is. Oh, I'm sorry. Please be a guest. Wow, that's <laughs> don't. I'm gonna just say we don't want you. We're also. an anti-Asa <laughs> podcast. <laughs> um, what else you watch, Chris? Uh, I. <laughs> Good question. <laughs> I mean, I have it in front of me. I was just like, cool. Don't want the end game. Uh, I mean, are we? Uh, do we have more thoughts? I didn't hear how you like generally felt about. Oh, that's that game. true. Did you? Oh, I, I, I had it the same as uh, Infinity War on my rankings, and generally, I feel like it's pretty damn close for me. Yeah, um, it's interesting because like you had not just picking on like you and Brent for both these circumstances, but like you had the side of Infinity War that was like upset that. Like, with the ending and the losing, because it was like, it's not a real loss, we all know this kind of right. thing. You know what I mean? When you thought that was going to, like, tie up, maybe, when you went in, and, like, that field of people. You know mm-hmm. what I mean? That you felt like a movie to get you to watch the next movie. Yes. And I obviously didn't feel that way at all. And still don't. Right. Um, and, but I think you said, like, you doubled down on that after watching the endgame. It was, like, your quote to me. Right? Well, e- uh, no, 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 well, not on that aspect as much. What aspect were you talking about? I, th- I think that Infinity War for me was a little too much of just like set piece to set piece to set piece action, and it didn't have a lot of the character moments mm-hmm. as mu- as much. Okay, we got yeah. we got Iron Man and Spider Man in Infinity War, and I really liked that, but I didn't get as much character interaction. Why would seeing Endgame make you double down on that aspect though? Because Endgame had a lot of that in really nice moments that I. It confirmed for me that they are capable of doing like really good interpersonal scenes, like character building scenes. So what was missing in? Yeah, I still Infinity confused War as to what changed about that. your opinion of Infinity War while watching Endgame. I guess you thought it could, you thought there was a chance they couldn't do it. Well, yeah, I think it, I thought War. I thought maybe I was being too hard on Infinity War because there were too many characters, right? But okay. Endgame showed me that they could do that with this many characters. Could have well, been, there was less characters. Technically, yeah. Yeah. Was, <laughs> we could have come out of Infinity War saying they may not be interested in that, trying to have the most action with all the characters. Because you really get those characters back in the last what, like fifteen minutes of Endgame, forty minutes. That fight scene starts at forty minutes. The fight left. starts at forty minutes, but yeah. the windows don't open. Right. Yeah. No, 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 no. The windows open at forty minutes remaining. <clears throat> but the fight didn't last the last forty minutes of the film either. Right. Right, you get twenty minutes of right. yeah of everybody post script. Yeah. Um, at least eighteen of which is just going through the yard. Which, by the way, I check looking at all the people. Do not know the kid was either. <laughs> none so of us, none of us have done. Yeah, Iron know. Man three is the only movie I haven't seen. Oh, okay. Well, I've seen it. I've seen it. Don't know who it was. And that's the thing is that 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 person at the funeral is like was a real ass fucking child in that, right. and now was like a grown ass teenager. 
and no one who saw Iron Man 3 recognized him either. I guess. But I haven't seen Iron Man 3, so people are like, oh, it's such and such from Iron Man 3. I was like, I don't know what that movie's about. I, I got really confused because I thought he looked like Evan Peters a little bit, the actor. <laughs> and I was like, that's the, but he's in the other series. <laughs> He's the super. He's the fast guy, but he's from X Men. <laughs> That's why Disney bought Fox. <laughs> Just for this I'm so confused. In this one, that guy died over in the country that I always forget. Krakosia, where Tom Hanks lives in the airport. Sar- Sarkovia. Oh. <laughs> Feels like you didn't think my terminal reference was good enough. Your terminal reference. The terminal. I know, but it's funny. It sounded like the reference that's, to end all references. That's, that's, it killed our podcast. That's, that's the uh, that's the actual subtitle is Avengers: The Terminal. The Terminal. Um, but yeah, I I, I also want to like like put a pin in the um, if the fault of Infinity War is that it had too many characters or it didn't do a good enough job telling that many interpersonal stories, this movie literally split its cast into different time travel crews. Uh, which is something that we both criticized Guardians of the Galaxy Volume 2 for doing. Yeah. And that was, I thought, the weakest point of it. Because I wanted to see more like capital A Avengers doing uh, things mm-hmm, together. together. I can see that. And so it felt like we had a lot of low moments, a lot of avoiding fights, mm-hmm. a lot of like thinking smartly about engagements, like the Hail Hydra moment. Yeah. And less like... The high action, like big brawl, beat em up that we had in Infinity War. And maybe that's just why I go uh, half star higher on Infinity War than I do Endgame. Yeah, it's just a matter of personal taste in yeah. some cases. So. I mean, one of my favorite movies of the past 20 years is John Wick. Like, you don't hear that from a lot of people. But, like, I like that. I, I want something where I can, you know. In, in my top 20, I want to have at least one movie in there where I can be like, blah, brain shut off, let's watch some like great choreographed action. In this movie, the one thing I did like about this a little more than Infinity War was it took itself not as seriously at times. The jokes hit and they were funny when oh, they had them. Yeah. yeah. Good uh, humor in this yeah. one. Certainly a Drunk scene of Ragnarok in there. Fantastic. And Taco Atiti's character, again, is just so good. Yes. It's so funny. Yeah. yeah. And um, also, me and Cass were crackling... Cracklin? <laughs> Cracklin <laughs> Baker. We're making corners. We're just like, we're just there like, <laughs> we were cracking up though at uh, uh, Thor telling, or Iron Man telling Hulk to like, go be Hulk. Yeah. Uh, and he just like, he's like, <laughs> roar. And he like, picks up a car and throws it. Yeah. Like, Smash. How did you like the time travel stuff? The, 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 Managing to make this movie into like a semi clip show, <laughs> which is what you do at the end of I, TV series. I mean, it's as clever as anything else in a superhero movie. Yeah, I it's, liked it. I it, liked yeah. revisiting the uh, Captain America vs. Captain America was pretty I think cheesy, but it had one joke that made me joke. laugh really hard. I could do this all day. Yeah, yeah old Captain America. No. I could do this all day, and new Captain America would be like, yeah, yeah, yeah. I know. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I, I thought they, they, I thought that they had a very good hand wave moment at the beginning of it. Which is necessary for, pe- for people not to like lose their fucking minds about time paradoxes and I can't believe they did this glasses push. Mm-hmm. Um, but uh, yeah, at first, I, at first I thought they were talking through all that in in like a we are going to have time travel that makes perfect sense in this movie. But, in, but instead, they're just making fun of themselves in yeah. advance and so just be like, we're just going to do whatever the fuck we want. <laughs> it's not going to make a lot of sense. 
but it never does. Yeah, all these movies, we're going to tell you about them. Like, what, what do they reference Back yeah. in the Future? Yeah. Yeah. Scott Lang lists off a bunch of time travel movies about how you can't interact with yourself. Right. right. <laughs> and they're just like, yeah, yeah, that's all bullshit, and so is this. Yeah. yeah. But then it was nice because the Enlightened One brings up that conflict. They actually put in, like, a hard po- plot point with that, and we get, you know, the Captain America demise because of it. But, like, you will functionally not change the timeline if you just, like, immediately come back and return the stones as soon as they were taken. Right. So that, like... <laughs> five, it, five second rule? <laughs> yeah. Uh, is... Odin in this movie? No. No. So is he the biggest MCU character that's not in this movie? I think that was... You had asked me that question. I think that was my answer. The biggest MCU character who's not in this movie. I mean, I think M'Baku not being in it is a big deal. The, uh, the, The warring fifth tribe from Black Panther. He shows up at the, at the end. I didn't he's see He's barely it. in it, but he's in there. Daniel Kalia's not in it, is he? Yeah. I don't. I didn't see any of those guys. They just rush. You see them rush in with the one circle from Wakanda. Okay. I mean, they're they're not in it, but right, right, right. You know, the like, forces. Like, like I don't a, remember like a, seeing him, but I don't. Like a corporate also, diversity policy, they just went and now we'll add the blacks to the movie. Right. Yeah. They had that weird scene with all the women, and I was like, "Is this uh, something I missed?" Like when all the women got together and fought for a second. Yeah. Right. And there were no men, and I'm, then I was just like, "Oh, it's just this," which is fine. Yeah. It's a, yeah. yeah. And it was so in. in Tint like there was so like every woman we have. Now. It's a little on the nose yeah. with Captain Marvel like grabbing the the gauntlet and just like 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 <laughs> fight <laughs> my way through women. And I it's hard. I was like, all right, yeah. that uh, Hawkeye oh, running away with the gauntlet though, and finally just being like, I don't know what to do with this. Yeah. <laughs> just like running. It's like people are calling the 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 female hero scene fan service, but like. Put it in perspective that you've got one of your female heroes who's now a villain in Nebula, and the other female hero you just killed. So, other than that, it is a totally, like, Bechdel failing, like, didn't show up for the test kind of movie. I mean, it is fan service. I also oh, don't mind it. Yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah. I mean, the, the whole fucking thing is fan service. Right. Like... Like every everyone gets a hero moment at, at every part of it. Even Professor Hulk gets his Hulk smash moment while still doing his like Professor Hulk bullshit. That was at the uh, diner we go to for breakfast sometime. By the way, that scene over by the Terra, by the theater, we all like. I look, I was watching that when when I saw the movie the second yeah. time. I, I was trying to look for locations that I recognized. So <laughs> you need to watch it, David, because at the end <laughs> of the movie. The lake that they're reflecting on is Lake Peachtree. Wow. Ooh, you, nice. you can... T- Makes sense. It's right by the studio. There's a long bridge on uh, Highway 54 in Georgia going through Peachtree City. And, like, you can tell from, like, the way that it curves in, like, that is Lake Peachtree 100%. Um, like, they jumped over the golf cart path and that's it. I leaned over to Kelly and I was like, this is Lake Peachtree. <laughs> You so, say it like that? Yeah. <laughs> That's crazy. I was undecided before, so now I'm going to watch it. I slapped you really hard, and I apologize. <laughs> going to bring okay. that up. <laughs> yeah. I did a hit. Our, our listeners were worried. You did a TJ. Yeah. You'll hear from TMBU HR. <laughs> um, but yeah, it feels weird recommending this movie, because it's like recommending a Star Wars movie, but we all liked it. Yeah. It's, it's 
it's not it's not Iron Man two. I mean, so, right? Yeah, it. I would recommend this movie to people, but we already did that when we didn't do what to watch two weeks in a row because <laughs> no other movie studio had the gall to release a movie on that release week or even the next. I mean, one. you can't. The, blame next them. the movie week made was... a billion dollars on fucking Friday. I think yeah. the, the next week is when we got the the uh, romantic comedy, show? right? No, the long shot. That was that was the weekend was after two weeks. Yeah. Because movie did it did it took over Avatar right not yet not yet but it's beat Titanic. Okay. James, James Cameron gave a James Cameron bought he bought an ad in the Times I think the New York Times um, and said you know basically congratulations to Kevin Feige and the team at uh, Marvel Studios um, and then like included like a very like ridiculous started to get into breezy. But like kind of a pat on the back that like you know we made this movie in 1998 and it did what it did and it took the the whole Avengers to like take us down Ugh. you know whatever but last time I checked it was at like 2.1877 billion and it's at 2.32 worldwide now okay so it's still <laughs> sorry it's, it's still a 400, 400 million and change short of beating Avatar but it's and gonna a, do it and a hundred million domestic it'll do both those yeah. Um, yeah, but billion dollars on Friday is, or by Saturday morning is ridiculous. Yeah, I like how this is gonna beat Avatar, and then it's also while we're dipping into breezy, breezy yeah. uh, the Avatar sequels have all been pushed back now. Yeah, like James Cameron is just like, he's like, I need more time. <laughs> I must destroy the comic book movie. He's <laughs> James Cameron is Thanos. Yes. What What would happen if James Cameron started directing a Marvel movie? Which I mean, I know that the, I know that there's not going to be like more people going. Take a to decade it. to come out. <laughs> yeah. Well, supposedly Avatar two, three, four, five, and six are coming out 2020, 21, 22, 23, 24, 25. And granted, I think he's been working on them since Avatar. Yeah, I don't know so. what the fuck else he's been doing other than like writing snide remarks in newspapers about how well <laughs> movies do. I always want to. I always look at this whenever I have box office mojo pulled up, um, but. Do y'all know now the highest ranked movie that's not part of a franchise? No. The highest ranked. Titanic? The highest grossing. Titanic? Uh, after Titanic, I'm sorry. Oh. And Avatar. Okay. And, and unannounced. So, Avatar wouldn't count anyway. Um, Frozen is in the top number 12, but it's about Avatar's evil. Right. Um, well, what... It, well, I was, I don't take too long. Uh, uh, Force Gump? Zootopia. <laughs> There's oh, not a Zootopia okay. 2 coming out? Not on the books. Not on the books. It's number 37 all time. The craziest thing to me was that the number two uh, is if you look at the worldwide ranking, you sort them. It goes it goes uh, one, two, three, five, and in the U.S. it goes one, four, two, three. That's because the Force Awakens just did so much better domestically than it did worldwide. I think Star Wars movies typically do. For my question, do you have to take out remakes as well? Because yeah. Beauty of the Beast is also like top fifteen. Hmm. It's part of the Josh Gad universe, though. Yeah, the so. Gadiverse. Fucked <laughs> <laughs> um, Time Machine and... All you Gadflies out there. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> all right, uh, That'd be a really weird topic for a podcast. <laughs> everything Josh Gad. Have we reached the end of Endgame? Yes. The Endgame? Yeah, Are we so. in the Endgame now? Yeah. Or are we like half an hour? We've got Survivor and like 18 movies to talk uh, about. Chris, what else did you watch? So, I want to touch on two movies as a pair, so I don't know how you're going to stamp this, but I, you know, forecasted this conversation on Facebook um, in our one of our groups, Movies By Us, but I watched uh, the 1988 film Bloodsport and the 1989 film Roadhouse um, the same day. 
I don't know why. I think the, the Roadhouse and Bloodsport both recently got added to Amazon Prime, and I was like, "What?" Like, if I were a teen in, I guess, early '89, and both these movies came out, and they You'd were be like, like, "The internet," they were like, "What?" <laughs> <laughs> and they were like, "This is our double feature at the drive-in." I would be so fucking excited. Like those two movies paired together just make like cosmic sense. Um, but were they I, good? Uh, yeah, I, I think that they're both four-star movies. Nice. Um, because they do what they do expertly, uh, which, you know, Roadhouse is more camp than Bloodsport. I forgot how straight Bloodsport played, mm-hmm. uh, because it is such a meme, uh, with the JCVD kind of sand in the eyes at the end. Mm-hmm. But they're both, like, fantastic, uh, late 80s action movies. Um, once, like... America got obsessed with martial arts around that time. Like, these are perfect, like, R-rated movies for that crowd. It's like, you know, like, as adults, we all were like, we love comic book movies. And then Deadpool was like, but here's one that's rated R. And we're like, holy shit, that was really fucking good. Like, right. this felt like that to the martial arts movies from, like, the mid-80s. Um, but my official vote is Bloodsport is better than Roadhouse. Cool. You're uh, correct. Yeah. Um, I would disagree is, it, is it Bloodsport or Kickboxer that has the extremely rare soundtrack? There's a, uh, there's a JCVD movie. Kickbo- Kickboxer. Okay. That was 1987. I was reading a bunch about trivia on it because I was originally planning on my poll once once a fan, <clears throat> not fan of the site, but one of our listeners or at least contributors, Alan was like, this should be a poll. And then I deleted the whole thread and made it a poll. Um, I was going to just randomly drop facts about each movie, uh, but then I, my brain got broken when I read one. I read the kickboxer fact, but then I read one that Bloodsport, the inspiration for it, like the real life Frank Ducks or Frank, yeah, Frank, Frank Dukes. Um, he claimed to have fifty six consecutive knockouts in his. Kumite, I forget what it's actually called. It's Kumite, which would mean that for him to be in 56 individual bouts, for a bracket to make sense, there would have to be 15 quintillion participants <laughs> in that tournament. <laughs> so, I just love the idea that they like made. <laughs> That's great. They they like set out to like use this man as a as a reference, and they. They put in the postscript in the end, and he just becomes a complete fucking myth uh, in like two seconds. <laughs> but uh, but yeah, there's just uh, one dude, and like as soon as he woke up, we just knocked him out again. <laughs> <laughs> Fifty six times. It was <laughs> one guy six times. All the others were chaos. Uh, the the roadhouse thing that surprised me the most was uh, uh like it's hard to say a young Sam Elliott, but like. <laughs> There's a non-mustachioed Sam Elliott in a movie that is a movie that I think that most people have seen that is uh, like pre-Big Lebowski. It's it's just interesting to see Sam Elliott in stuff that's not like a Western. Yeah, what what year is this? 87? Uh, Roadhouse is 89. 89. Yeah. Like Tombstone was 93, right? Mm-hmm. So four years later and he's an old man. Yeah. So he's like he's the veteran bouncer that uh that the Dalton kind of bases all of his like bouncing lessons on. Well, he's not a bouncer; he's a cooler. So he like works to get the crowd from like 
you know, like, really, like, riled up to, like, throwing out the problem people to, like, calm everyone down. And he says he learned everything from uh, Sam Elliott's character. But, mm-hmm. yeah, hadn't seen him in any, like, early work. Cool. Um, wasn't, like, a Western. But, saw those two movies. Uh, and I guess uh, from that, uh, including Endgame, I, like, almost, like, increased my 2019 movies by 50% last week. Um, I saw two uh, Netflix originals. I'll start with with the weaker one. I saw the movie Someone Great. Um, I've never heard of that. It is uh, being pushed to the uh, forefront of Netflix. Probably not this week, but last week. It's a uh, it's a, a hey we're women and we're in New York City and we're having a great time. Let's live our you know best lives together. Who's the lead actress from that? Gina again? Rodriguez. That's right. It's Gina so Rodriguez, Brittany Snow, and I forget the other woman's name. Um, Gilda Radner. <laughs> oh, that would be wild. Um, She's in wild. <laughs> I don't know how to use the Letterbox app on my phone. There it is. The cast button. Uh, Dewanda Wise. You'd recognize her from stuff. Um, but it's just a. Hey, we've got one last night to be best girlfriends, and let's like have a good time. And it's a fine movie. I mean, before the end game, <laughs> before we some of us get dusted. They're actually part of Thanos' army, so like things are not looking like, good for them. They've got like less than fifty percent odds making it through both Infinity War and Endgame. I really want to have to put next to this on the on the warning on the uh, podcast notes. That, like, by the way, the discussion of this Netflix little. Uh, uh, you know, fun little girl movie is uh, also contains spoilers <laughs> to Endgame. <laughs> um, but so there's so the base plot is Gina Rodriguez is dating this guy who's played with Keith Stanfield, and she is a writer and ends up getting a job in San Francisco. And instead of doing a long distance relationship, they end up breaking up. And so she's like, "Fuck this! Let's go have one good night before I move to San Francisco to work for Rolling Stone uh, or Los Angeles. I don't remember what it is. Doesn't matter." Um, like, I want to go out with my two best girlfriends and have a great time. So, it's like a fun comedy based on that. Uh, RuPaul sells them a bunch of crazy drugs. Alex Moffat plays, uh, Brittany Snow's husband, and he's a hilarious addition. Nice. But, mm-hmm. It's called Moffitt. Someone one Great, great. Okay. Someone, Someone Great. S-O-M-E-O-N-E-G-R-E-A-T. Got it. Um, in case Did you they ever play that LCD sound system song? No, they don't. The movie? Huh. What was the better movie you watched? <laughs> I watched the uh, new Ted Bundy movie. Uh, Extremely nice. Wicked, Shockingly Evil, and Vile. Um, starring uh, Zac Efron playing the titular uh, some Extremely Wicked, Shockingly Evil, and Vile. This way it comes. Yes. Uh, it was uh, interesting. It's uh, had You you had seen the uh, Ted Bundy tapes thing on Netflix, right? Yeah, the thing that released like six months ago. Yeah. Um, if you're looking for a movie that casts Ted Bundy as like a... Like accurately? A, <laughs> I mean, if you're like one of the like fans of Ted Bundy during the trial and you think he's like an attractive guy who bad things happen to, then this movie works because <laughs> it certainly portrays him as like a wrong place, wrong time, all movie. And the dramatic irony is that, like, you know, like, oh, no, the Theodore Robert Bundy, like, you totally murdered those women, but... Weird. In the middle of it, he keeps going, like, where did I park my car? That's that a choice. Weird. The movie doesn't play him as, like, a guy who murdered people? No. The movie plays him as a guy who is 
being singled out by uh, the police and the feds. That sounds uh, irresponsible to make a movie like that. <laughs> well, not really irresponsible because he's gone. <laughs> but I know no, what you mean. I think to it's the victims it does. He's he's not a monster. Well, they're watching this movie. That's something. <laughs> I'm sorry. It just is. He's not a monster. Well, the victims aren't watching it <laughs> until the last 20 minutes. True. That would be weirder. Well, he didn't kill all of his victims. Oh. Um, not to be <laughs> sour on this conversation. <laughs> I was like, I'm gonna stop making jokes now because I feel like I can keep going. But yeah, I mean, it's 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 mostly from the perspective of uh, Ted Bundy. So. Yeah, but you never see any of the crimes that were committed by Ted Bundy, and even at the end of the movie, like they talk about how he was convicted and how like all these different states convicted him and found him guilty, but there's still never like a I did it moment, except for one scene where he admits to one murder, but still says out loud, "Well, I'm going to admit my guilt just because I think I can get a better deal." He plays that ambiguity throughout, and the movie only portrays ambiguity. There's never, like, a cutaway showing that, like, Ted Bundy did more than he ever admits to hmm. to his wife. Or not wife, but fiancé. Huh. It so, is presented from his viewpoint, not so much... It's not, like, about, like, a police investigation or nope. anything? Nope. It's That's never a police investigation. The police are, like a, like, a boogeyman. Wow. Where like even with so it's it follows him. Lily Collins plays his um his lo- main love interest. There's like the like um the like I forget what you call them, but like the the love letter people who when he after he was incarcerated who like came <clears> to him and <throat> fell in love with him and tried to like corroborate testimony. Famously, he proposed to one. She plays a major part in the story. Uh, the character name is Carol Ann, but the. <clears throat> but it's it's mostly from his perspective and his like love's perspective, where the police are seen as an intrusion hmm. um, to most to their like really peaceful life. So it's 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 interesting. Uh, John Malkovich really wins this movie. Um, he is the judge in the last uh, uh, murder trial that he is uh, standing for, um, the one where he famously represents himself. Mm-hmm. Uh, John Malkovich gets to deliver the you know. The, the yeah, and kind of the soliloquy about you know like I hold no animosity for you. You're a bright young man who made some bad decisions. That whole thing, and it is really like the most like like impactful moment. Um, but I have a question. Yeah, ask. Away. How was Haley Haley Joel Osment in this movie? He's great. I mean, he's 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 <laughs> such weird. Forgot he was alive. <laughs> yeah, he still has a real tiny face for his big fat head. <laughs> so I mean, good on him for that. Last time I saw him was Silicon Valley, and he didn't find there. <laughs> yep. But uh, <laughs> but he plays uh, he plays like the new love interest for Lily Collins' character, um, whose name I forget. But um, Liz Kendall. Yeah, Liz. Uh, he, he plays the new love interest coworker. Um, who's kind of counseling her while uh, uh, Ted's incarcerated? I mean, he, he does fine. You know, he's he's not playing like an alpha male type. He he plays perfectly to uh, his tiny face. Um, but I, yeah, I mean, I, I would recommend it. it. It is a really interesting movie because it does take that. Um, it is it is from the lens of people who <laughs> were. From the lens of people who were sympathetic to Ted because he was so charismatic and because he was handsome. So, um, I would check it out. Uh, Jim Parsons plays the prosecutor, 
which also doesn't help me uh, think that any of the like feds or police are good guys, <laughs> because I just fucking hate Jim Parsons and think he's either Sheldon Cooper or the racist astronaut uh, guy. <laughs> yeah. So, those are the only two things that I've really seen him in, but... Interesting. Then the movies I saw. Uh, other than that, I watched one TV show on Netflix. It's an original, and so far, this is basically the uh, continuation of me watching teen dramas on <laughs> Netflix. I'm watching a show called Chambers. Um, it's uh, about a woman in Arizona who dies but gets a heart transplant and lives, but there's... Like the movie, I think it's called The Eye, where mm-hmm. Lindsay Lohan gets the, an, an eye transplant from someone who was involved in much crazy shit. I think Jessica Alba. Oh, yeah, it's Jessica Alba. Jessica Alba, okay. It's real dumb. Um, <laughs> but so she gets a heart transplant from someone, and it's not necessarily this and person. It's got was, some love left in it. <laughs> yeah. It's not necessarily this person was evil, but there's like a lot of mystery around her death. So I'm eight episodes in, going to finish the next two, so I don't want to talk too much about it. And. I'll probably never talk about it again, but Chambers is fun. It's probably um, better than uh, most teen dramas I watch on Netflix, but it's great. It's a great stocking stuffer um, if you think about cool shows like that to just gap your time. Anyway, I'm done. Goodbye. Cool. So I'll go. I have two two watching quests that I pursued this weekend. <laughs> This week. So hang on, not to explain all this. This is like giggling. I've been doing it for a while. So, uh, you're talking about Haley Joel Osment's tiny face and his big fat head. I did just a quick Google image search for shrink Haley Joel Osment face in large head. And uh, I found like a whole, uh, a whole series of these uh, pictures for actors and actresses and there's Mitt Romney. So uh yeah, there's just uh, apparently this is the thing where they'll shrink faces and keep the head the same size and it's always hilarious. Jonah Hill <laughs> damn near broke me while I was trying to listen to the plot synopsis of Chambers. Yes. <clears throat> so, David, now I'm ready. What you been watching? Uh pursued two of my watching pursuits. I'm uh, having dueling programs going on, trying to watch Best Picture winners and uh, revisit the decade that we're just about to close out. Mm -hmm. I'll start with the oldest to the newest. So I saw, um, it was on TCM, and TCM does like limited runs where it's like available on demand. Um, So I I jumped on this one because I'd never seen it. Uh, 1938, You Can't Take It With You. It's a Frank Capra movie. I've never seen it. I always uh, wanted to. I love those. Capra movies. Yeah, it's got Lionel Barrymore in it and yeah. uh, James Jimmy Stewart to his friends. Is this true? Just about like a. Well, why don't you tell me what it's about? It's, of me it's about a like. Does Lionel uh, Barrymore play a. Who's Potter? Uh, is it Lionel Barrymore? I think it is. No, well, it might be. Were they both in. Anyway, that's so weird. <laughs> yeah. This movie could be but, great uh, and the second best movie with You can't movie. take it with you. James Stewart is the son of like a banker magnate, which is actually funny. Banking is in this movie too. Weird. And he falls in love with this uh, this woman who is from a, a family that's a little different. Oh. They're, they're kind of like a, a quirky collection of people. The grandfather is Lionel Barrymore, the, the Martin Vanderhoff, I think. And they... Uh, he had a job and then quit it because it wasn't entertaining, so he's like embracing life kind of guy. 
you can't take it with you. It's like you can make all the money in the world, but you can't take it with you. You should share it with the people and okay. have experiences you like. Sounds like a great Frank Capra movie that I would love. Yeah. So in, in his uh, house, it's like a, a nice big house. He's got his uh, his daughter, granddaughter, uh, his, his uh, son-in-law, and they also have like a basement that has these two guys who make fireworks. They've got like all kinds of people. He's got another granddaughter and his Alabama football playing son who plays the xylophone. And, like, someone does, like, ballet dancing and is taught by a Russian instructor who always comes to dinner. It is, like, the the crazy house, but, like, they probably have it going on for their way of life. Huh. So it's, uh, it's, it's, it's cute. Yeah? It's, there's not much to it other than it's, it's pretty, uh, pretty charming. Who's the best um, picture winner? Best picture winner, yeah, in 1938. <clears throat> well, he was on a roll there, wasn't he? Capra. He was, yeah. I think it's just two years later was Mr. Smith Goes to Washington. and A couple years before that was... It happened one night, right? Yep. I think 34? Yeah. Or so? Good decade. Yeah. Yep. I'll, I'll jump to my next Best Picture winner I saw. A movie I only know the title right. of. Right. <laughs> I only know the title of this movie and knew nothing else about it was Mrs. Miniver. What? Anyone ever even heard of this? Yeah. 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 I thought it was... Uh, seen it on the list. That's about it. Yeah, it was the Best Picture winner of 1942. It turns out it's about a uh, town in England as the war, World War II, is about to start. Um, Mrs. Miniver is a you know head of a household, and they're kind of well off. And it goes through the personal sacrifices that uh, people on the home front make. She's got a son who's a RAF flyer. And a husband who is uh, in the like the river patrol, where they commission his boat and he drives to Dunkirk to retrieve soldiers and stuff like that. And uh, during the course of the movie, like the village gets bombed, like it gets shelled, and they're in a bomb shelter with their kids. And it's uh, it's it's uh, it's pretty good. Pretty good. It does a pretty good job of of making the war intimate and personal. At the very, it's very uh, very patriotic. It's very, like, the end scene is, like, buy war bonds every day. Because it was in 1942. All right, right. Um, But there's a great, I recommend it for this scene. There's a great final scene. There's a character's death and there's a funeral. It's it's actually pretty famous where a preacher gives a sermon, or I guess a vicar in England, gives a sermon about, uh, it's kind of paraphrasing Churchill's speech, like, we'll fight him on the beach, fight him on the thing. It's like, well... <laughs> Beach in the thing. <laughs> that one, We're going to fight him over there and maybe somewhere else. I don't know. Go to Churchill. <laughs> well, you guys know the speech I'm talking about, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, he talks about how, how um, it's on a uh, person-to-person basis, how this war is being fought. And it's very uh, uh, very swelling speech. And there's a great framing shot of a bombed-out church. And you see, like, the RAF V, you know, flying through. It's kind of ahead of its time for the, the framing. So it's pretty good. I think only both these movies are kind of for either Best Picture Completionists or if you're into these directors. Miniver was uh, William Wyler. Hmm. I keep putting famous speeches now in my head that just weren't done well. <laughs> A day that is pretty going to be bad later when we look back on it, probably. Some number of years ago, <laughs> our... Some old gods started a country. Ask not what your country could do for you, but all the things. If you got time, I really feel like it. You should ask them other questions too, probably. 
Yeah, funny uh, coincidence with uh, It's a Wonderful Life. The the Angel Clarence, he's in this movie as like a, a train conductor guy who grows a rose that he names after Miss Miniver. It's his only Oscar nomination, I think. Hmm. The actor who played that guy. Okay. So, both of my movies that are Best Picture winners had a It's a Wonderful Life connections. My head just went, I have a nightmare. <laughs> 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 no, that the, but, oh, just what he was living. The so. whole I have a dream speech is like I had a dream. Actually, you don't want to hear about it. Yeah. <laughs> you were there, and you were there. You were there. Out of superstition, though, I don't want to mention it. I have not had breakfast yet. <laughs> it, was, it was crazy. I was like at school, and uh, oh, never mind. Yeah. At the end, he goes. Uh, I forgot my pencil, <laughs> and then I woke up. <laughs> If the I have a dream speech ended with and then I woke up, it would be a million times better. <laughs> so then going to my other pursuit of seeing, uh, rewatching movies from the last decade, uh, I saw Edge of Tomorrow. Nice. Yeah, not too much to say about it. It's in my uh, top hundred right now. It's it's a fun movie. Um, You've not, seen it before, yeah? I had seen it before. Not too much um, extra depth I discovered on the thing other than it's, man it's just fucking it's just they got like the, the best action star and I love Emily Blunt so it's just like yeah. a great combo it's falling in love with Emily Blunt and then it's like Grandma <coughs> Day with like mechs and like monsters yeah. so you know I'm in I thought I was being hyperbolic talking about my top 20 of the past like 20 years but you've got a top 100 that you're currently like roiling through yeah of the decade <laughs> oh okay. top 100 of the decade yeah mm-hmm. Fuck me. He's trying to narrow it down. To a hundred? No. You no, can't start coming. with a hundred and narrow it down. <laughs> I'm well, trying to I thought he watched this. Day's work. I thought he watched this, realized it was part of his top 100. No, he started with 200. Well, then it down from the fields to a hundred. He started with 200. He's narrowing it down to 100. So you're going to continue. Top 200. Well, I'm going to narrow it down to a top 10. Okay. Like, all the movies I haven't seen since like they just came out, it doesn't feel right to talk about them the same way as like something I saw last week or something so anything that I haven't seen in a long time I'm watching them and that's one of them uh also watched um just a second also watched uh Paddington 2 so that was just like last year but I rewatched it and you know it's fucking phenomenal and uh got my my baby daughter to watch it with me and she was super into it so I now I like it even more (laughs) (laughs) she thought it was awesome have you seen it Chris? No, not yet. It's uh, it's pretty good. I also saw Twentieth uh, Century Women. I feel like it's a movie that kind of has is getting forgotten. I love that movie. I've forgotten by everyone but TJ. Yeah, it's um, just so good. It's it's real good. It's Annette Bening. So good. Is a interesting mom character. Yeah, right. And uh, Billy Crudup got a girl in it too. <laughs> yeah. Oh my god! I forgot until just now about the fucking. Uh, Jack Nicholson movie. Uh, as good as it gets. Wolf. No. <laughs> Man Called Dove. Yeah, it's all those, actually. All three of those. An American woman, they ruined the plot of A Man Called Ove at a dinner party. Fuck. And it's great. You gotta put down the spoilers for <laughs> But at the end, Thanos just snaps. It's actually more in-game. Well, just, this is gonna be like... <laughs> Unlistenable. It's a Mobius strip of spoilers. But yeah, Twenty Century Woman is pretty good. <laughs> um, yeah, it's it's like 1979. Uh, I've already forgot the city, but it's a California city, and 
It's a great, Sacramento. great fucking soundtrack. Is it not, not Sacktown? Not Sacramento. Really. Okay. I thought it was better for Sacktown. It's like San Bernardino, it? or it's okay. like uh, some city like that. Um, El Fanning, mm-hmm. also in it, great. Billy Crudup is great as like a zen mechanic kind of guy restoring the house. I gotta say, El Fanning consistently impressive in just about every movie I see her in. She's got a lot of buzz from her uh, role in Teen Spirit. Supposedly she was really good in that, sings her own songs, wrote yep. a bunch of them with the director. Mm-hmm. And then... Neon Demon. Weird. Oh, I love Neon Demon. And then the uh, last movie I saw for this is I watched uh, Colossal. Anne Hathaway kaiju movie. That's like one of the first movies we talked about on the podcast. I got so fucking hyped when I saw the Godzilla uh, King of Monsters trailer before Endgame. Yeah. I'm so excited for that movie. I think it looks like shit. <laughs> I'm not excited for it at all. It's cool. I'll tell you how good it is, and you'll go, oh, I didn't see it. And it I'm going like... to talk about it at the end of the year. And go, TJ, I'm pissed at you. I thought you were my friend. It looks like Cabin in the Woods meets Godzilla, and it also has, uh, what's that guy? Bradley uh, Whitford in it. And like Thomas all... Middleditch. And Millie Bobby Woods? Brown. Oh. oh, sorry. No, you're, I'm talking about Godzilla King of Monsters. What movie were you talking about? <laughs> Colossal. Colossal. Okay. So, I know you were a huge fan of Colossal when you first saw it. You still a huge fan? Still a huge fan, yeah. Uh, it's And it's even more fun to see where the Jason Sudeikis character comes from. He's so good in that. He's that turn is man. so good. The scene in the bar, it's like, what's the most irresponsible thing I can do? It's so squirmy, that whole, that whole scene. And yeah. Uh, it's it's a completely it's a completely on the nose analogy, but it that does a great job doing it. Yeah, uh, worthwhile analogy at that, and uh, you know I love the ending too, the logical conclusion of that. Yeah, you know, a ridiculous premise. Um, I want uh, Nacho Vigalondo as a director and writer <clears throat> to do more stuff, because that's good. If you guys ever seen Time Primes, is so fucking fun. It's a Spanish language. Time travel movie that where they go into Endgame. <laughs> Wait, are you talking about yeah. Time Cop, where where Frank Ducks travels into uh, Frank Ducks? <laughs> Frank, cute little baby ducks. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I love the the decision to have him like still calling her like a bitch or a cunt or whatever as mm. she's like throwing him off and killing him at the end. Yeah, it's so very cool. fitting. Yeah, you would. Yeah. <laughs> uh, and that's it. All cool. right. Well, I've just got a few watches that I want to uh, quickly mention. I uh, don't really want to go in-depth on many of them, but uh, I rewatched a uh, 2012 movie that I did not remember a thing from, and I rewatched Prometheus. Oh. Um, okay. That movie was better than I remembered it being. Yeah. It's a good, it's a good atmospheric movie where a few things happen, but not a lot happens. I feel like if you don't watch it as an alien movie, it's a better movie. It's like it's an interesting sci-fi story. Yeah. But like that's as far as it gets. It's an interesting sci-fi story. Yeah. Man, see, we saw it in the theater, not knowing it was Alien. Like before that was a thing. Right. Like, we were being Cassandra. Both were like amazed that it got panned. received as well as it did. Oh, okay. And it got it wasn't panned. I mean, people generally like that movie. Yeah. But we, I was bored out of my mind. Mm. Yeah, I, I was never quite bored, but I, at the end of the movie, I was sort of just sitting there, just thinking, that was it. <laughs> Like, right. there's there's not more to this. Right. Um, but, that's... It was uh, a character. Oh, it was, that's right. I had no idea why the Charlie Theron character was in the fucking movie at all. Yeah, the the whole, her whole plot turn at the end, too, where they, they tried out her dad and whatnot, it's just sort of a... 
Yeah, it's, eh. they tried to make her the, the Paul Reiser of yeah, this movie. like every alien movie needs one. Right. Yeah, they need some corporate evil in yeah. it represented. But the movie is a surprisingly deep cast. The uh, the crew has a lot of names and faces you'd rec- uh, that have gone on to I think more stardom since then. Idris Elba yeah. is in Prometheus. Um, Who's already a star in my heart? The uh, the woman who plays uh, Catelyn's sister. Game of Thrones. Oh, I know you're talking about. Is uh, Liza Aaron? Liza Aaron is a uh, is one. Of, she's like the doctor. <laughs> okay, on the, uh, on the ship. But uh, but yeah, it's uh, it's it's the villain from Mission Impossible Fallout. Is uh, he's a geologist on the crew. Okay, so mm-hmm. there's just a lot of people. You just sitting there like, I know that guy. I know that person <laughs> from this other thing. Um, I was just thinking like uh, Henry Cavill's shotgun arms. <laughs> Not that <laughs> villain. The same villain from the previous. Yeah, yeah, yeah. The, the villain who just likes to hear himself talk all the time. That, that villain. That's most of them. That's true. Um, but anyway, I liked Prometheus. Didn't love it, but liked it more than the first time I saw it. Uh, sticking with uh, sci-fi. Watched the 1985 film Weird Science for the first time. Yeah. Really? I've never seen, seen that. that. Weird I, Science. Actually, uh, demanded we watch that movie one morning. Uh, she was right. And, uh, <laughs> it was fun. Uh, I didn't really like it a whole lot. Yeah. I, I thought it was alright. Yeah. I really like Kelly Rock. Hot one day. <laughs> I really like the woman they created. Yeah. I thought she's a lot of fun in the yeah. movie. Kelly LeBrock? Yeah. yeah. Who plays the brother? It's like a famous actor. Bill yeah. Paxton. Bill Paxton. Paxton. That's right. Yeah. yeah. Um, but so you yeah. went like Alien, like Prometheus, and then into Weird Science, Phil Paxton, and you were there. Yeah. The the Paxton verse. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, but yeah, no, I tend to I tend to love movies like that from the eighties. But I don't know, I don't know why. I think the jokes just didn't land for me. I watched the shit out of the sitcom that they made from that. It was a USA show. Mm-hmm. I remember that? Mm. Uh, she was also pretty when I was young. So. Who was the girl in that? Yeah. Some model, some some model. Yeah. Um, Last, I'd like to listen to. Your... <laughs> so, I don't know. Nobody cares. She was some model. <laughs> um, last movie I want to hit on is I'd never seen this before. Probably the most famous movie I would say, like by name, that I've never seen before. Frozen. And that's, I've seen Frozen, but this I think is more not that Frozen. <laughs> I think this is probably more famous. Crash. Uh, right here. Crash no, but like the James Spader crash. Oh, no, different. Uh, Brokeback Mountain. I'd, oh. never, I'd never seen Brokeback. Um, the movie was... Uh, the movie is not more famous than Frozen. <laughs> I think more people could... I think more people could reference that movie. Oh, no, I think the uh, sheer number of 13-year-old girls and under would disagree with you. I guess, yeah. I guess based on the... Yeah. Anyway, irrelevant. <laughs> That's true. Um, I I really liked it. I really liked Brokeback. I didn't love it. I think actually, it's kind of slow for me at the start when they're on actually when they're actually on Brokeback. So pretty you know, then. Get, it is. It's it kind of gets you through it. I told I told TJ this week. I said it's that Ang Lee thing where he makes really pretty movies that I just wish would just get on with it already. Yeah. And that's, I was watching them too, and I was like, just get on with it already. <laughs> and the. Uh, that's how, like, the first 30, 40 minutes felt to me. And uh, after that, though, is, for me, when the movie really kicks into gear, when, uh, when they get back, Heath much. Ledger and Michelle Williams are on screen together. Yep. It is amazing. Yeah. Mm-hmm. In that movie. I was talking to Brent a little bit about it 
earlier this week, and it was, it's sad for Jake Gyllenhaal and Anne Hathaway, who are like great actors, a great actor, a great actress, and they just get acted circles around by Heath Ledger. And yeah, and they're, yeah. it's it's sort of the function of their parts. Their parts just don't have much, especially Anne Hathaway. She has very little to do. Also, in they're that just movie. not as good as Heath Ledger was, and right. Michelle Williams is. Yeah, mm-hmm. and for, in my opinion, for for a better pairing of Anne Hathaway and Jake Gyllenhaal, I really do recommend Love Inc. Love and Other Drugs. Love and Other Drugs. It's so good. Yeah. They they have great chemistry in that, which really fell flat in that movie. Which it's a movie that movie's written for Jake Gyllenhaal, though. Right, he's so uh, he gets to be like, you know, mysterious. Yeah, yeah. But yeah, <laughs> I definitely saw the acclaim. I, I get the acclaim for Brokeback. I still come away, you know, knowing that Crash won that year and Brokeback was the heavy favorite. Uh, my first thought was this has to be one of the worst Oscar years of the new millennium for me. It's also weird that I remember watching that night, and this is before I was like a huge Oscar fan, and they knew before the podcast that Crash was going to before the uh, ceremony Oscars aired, yeah, the yeah. ceremony that Crash was going to win. So I don't know if it was like it wasn't like a huge upset. Who's, who's they? Everybody on the TV I was watching. Oh wow. Uh, we'll see. I, Leading I guess, up to it, I think it was Breakback, and by the time the it's weird. I was watching Aaron's Alf, and they said the same thing too. <laughs> Just ever on the TV, <laughs> but yeah, it was it was kind of a given thing that night. But I, I remember that too, like leading up to it for sure. I remember so much Brokeback hype in that like award season. Yeah, mm-hmm. what do you think? Do you think that was? Do you think it was just like Brokeback backlash? <laughs> broke backlash to that like catapulted crash. I think it's just hard for a movie to like because it was the favorite like in September from what I've read. Brokeback, yeah, and it's just hard for a movie to. Do that. I mean, that's what the spotlight was to maintain the yeah. momentum. Just well, it's also like you know, at the end of Crash, it's it's a backpack for a bunch of white people that they're friends with black people and that they've solved racism essentially. Where the end of Brokeback Mountain is just gutting. Yeah. Um, but thanks for Crash before though. I mean, you know what I mean. Yeah. So, I mean, it's probably some of what. David said some of what I said and some of what everybody else said. It was just a tough sell at the time to get, I think, people to watch it, especially the, you know, makeup of the Academy at the time. You know, they made increases since then, but largely I think the average voter was over 65 years old, white, and had most of his career completed 20 years prior. Mm -hmm. So to get them interested in a, uh, you know, a movie that perverts the cowboy way or whatever was a tough sell. By Asian director. I can see that. Yeah, I'm, I'm just I'm curious. I'd be interested to like read what voters thought about that that particular race. Um, he got the best director Oscar still, right? Mm-hmm. So I was a big fan of it at the time. It's it's one that's tough to rewatch because I just remember how um, heartbreaking, heartbreaking it is. Heartbreaking yeah. It is. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah. And it's uh, sniffing the jacket in the closet is just killer. Heath Ledger yeah, in that movie. Yeah. It's kind of a weird year, though, I do agree. I mean, that's the year you had, like, Capote is the Best Picture nominee. Philip Seymour Hoffman's amazing in it, but that movie's not... doesn't feel like a Best Picture nominee, you know what I mean? Yeah, there's a it's lot It's really of good, but, like, it just didn't feel like... In most wow. years, it feels like the third best biopic that year. Yeah. They, they feel like sort of, like, acting showcase movies that get multiple nominations for acting awards and like, maybe get a Best Picture nom. And, like, I think... Maybe David is the one that, like, I love Good Night and Good Luck, and that's that year. Mm-hmm. That's the Best Picture nominee. That's a good one. Yeah. But you went and looked up our our picks for our favorite movies from 2005. I did. They were probably some of the worst movies that we collectively picked for, like, yeah, on that was, list. I picked uh, Walk the Line. I had Batman Begins. Batman Begins. Chris's was the host. 
Uh, I forget what David's list now. Are you too? Um, was it an Edgar Wright movie I picked? Mm. I can't remember. Oh, it was. It was Hot Fuzz. Hot Fuzz. Mm. Uh, yeah. So, like, those were our top four movies of the year. Which, and for all of us, we all we all love those movies, obviously. Yeah. But it's like that's it a probably, weaker year. It, it's a weaker year, right? I would watch any of those four movies before I watch Brokeback Mountain again, yeah. or Crash. But yeah. us too. That's why we picked them. Yeah. <laughs> over those two. And I, I want to uh, update. Uh, so the actress from the Weird Science Television Show uh, was Vanessa Angel. Uh, oh, yeah. It gave me a. A hearty laugh while you guys were talking about gay cowboys. Um, what her full name is? Oh, do you remember it, no. TJ? Holly Hotloins. <laughs> oh wow, that's good. Yeah, and I don't re- I don't recognize any of these other actors, but there's like this looks like a bad Brazzers meme because it's just like her and like four like creepers. Uh, I know Lee Turgeson. How do you say his last name? You know Lee Turgeson, John Asher, Michael Manasseri, and Gary Bullock. Oh God, Lee Turgeson. That's Lee Turd Ferguson. That's weird. I mean, if you look if you look up Weird Science TV show on Google, it doesn't even fill out the whole fucking banner to show you like enough actors to like it. There's an indent here. <laughs> they're like, no one else was in it. Anyone needs to know. If they were, don't worry about it. Yeah. How about some reality roundup? How about Survivor this week? It's more fun. Devin's just saving the season. It's the Rick Devin show. Yeah. We're all just watching. Breaking news. Rick Devin. Me and Cass were laughing so hard at him running through the jungle. Oh my god. When he laid down to take a nap while everybody else was running around looking for him. The people filming that were so good too. Because like, it's just him sleeping by a log on the beach. And you see just like, like in the woods. Stop and look for him. It's so crazy to me because like, it, it makes me think that Ben's season was the previous season, so they wouldn't have seen it yet, but it wasn't. When Ben had his, everyone hate, everyone thinks I'm going to win, they're going to vote me off, so I need to find all the idols and win all the immunities, that was like three, four seasons ago, so they should know that like if Devin's yeah. is your number one threat, and Devin's knows that you're their number one threat, like... Stop letting him get up earlier than you, and don't just like sit around camp. But and that's go, not even when he found it. They had already decided that's what they needed to do, and they execute it. And then Lauren smarts off and says something sassy, turns around and walks away. Like I got him, and he's like, "Oh, I found it." <laughs> like, oh, she was standing right there. But still, like, yeah. it's not even this episode. It's the previous episode too, where it's like Devin's is clearly your number one target because you five to six know Devin's knows. And then Devons is still waking up before everyone and going off to look for stuff. Lauren also, here's, here's another thing with Lauren that really pissed me off. She couldn't keep her fucking mouth shut that the whole, like, everybody thinks all the idols come from Extinction Island. Yeah. She knows that's bullshit because she found one on the right. island. Mm-hmm. And she was like, Devons is lying about it. And I gotta confront him. It's like, oh, fuck, that's what he wanted you to do, I guarantee. Because now he knows you have an idol. If he's got half a brain, he knows you have an idol. Right. So he knows... In a game that he's playing where I just have to make sure somebody goes home that's not me and I win. Right. And now he's just like, okay, don't write down Lauren's name. Yeah. Because she couldn't keep her fucking mouth shut and go to him and be like, you're lying about that, aren't you? I know. I know you're lying. He's just like, thank you. <laughs> how yeah. how good was the Julie Gamble? It was great. It was, it was sort of a... I'm with Brent on his theory. I'll let him... Well, it's, uh, it's funny that, like, yet again, Devin's... Devin's is weirdly... 
he has like managed to shake up every tribal council for like a month now, hmm. and he's not really had a whole lot of agency when he walked in the door at yeah. any of them. Like this one was already decided before he walked in. Like yeah. they had already made the the thing. But what he did was he did the whole thing, and then Aurora just really helped him out by being like, "Don't fall for it, guys! I can't believe you fell for it, guys!" So while this was Lauren. Uh, Vic and Gavin, who really made the decision this week, Devins is going to get all the jury credit for I think it. They were, wait, wait, wait. I think they were voting already. You, you think they had already decided Aurora before then? Yep. Yeah. I don't think Vic... I don't think Vic would have changed on the fly like that. I think Vic goes into trouble with... I don't, you can't... You can't... I don't think you can put votes on somebody who you think has an idol. I don't think they thought he had an Man, the edit sells Devin's pitch. Yeah. And because uh, that's what the jury's going to see. Too. I think so too. I think that's. I think he walked out with the credit because Gavin looking over at Lauren, going like that, like side glance, like it was. It was like they were in his fucking square. They may have had something as simple as like if an idol shows up, we're voting Roar. Right. You know what I mean. And yeah. as soon as they pulled it out, they were just like, okay, bail on that. But what do you think mm-hmm. of? Fine. Then if you don't think that's the gamble, what do you think of Devin's gamble to not play it? I think it was the. Absolute right thing to do. I yeah. think. I oh, think no, no, no. I'm not saying if you think it's the right thing to do, but like as far as like to even show it to begin with, right? Um, well, he's got to play it next week anyway, and he couldn't play it this week, so it's not a gamble. Well, it is. He can play it at five. That's that's next week. Well, you could at least uh, you could at least we're, cons- down, we're down to seven we're now. We go, go to six. six next uh, that's week. right. That's right. Yeah. But you could you, you there's the uh, the possibility he could have just kept it concealed. No one knew and saved it and used it. As you know, for well, some of the but I think yeah. using it to really take over a tribal council where he had no mm-hmm. agency and at least give the appearance of him having it was brilliant. But do you think he needs to buy that one tribal council, or do you think like if you if, if you are applying for a job, does this not that overqualified makes you lose survivor? But don't you think this feels like an overqualified position where showing your idol now? makes you more exposed later on. Like, he already uh, has, I think, the vote from the yeah, jury. Yeah. If the jury gives a shit about Survivor the game. Here's the other thing, though. He's going to play that idol next round if he it doesn't win immunity. Right. Regardless. So. Right. So. so it doesn't really matter. Because you know what I mean? He'll, he'll, he, he should play it first off because he's the number one target. And also because... The odds of him finding another idol or winning another immunity is greater than him just surviving a vote on... On chance, right. right? So, yeah, I agree. He needs to. Sorry, there's two more votes before we get down to not being able to use idols again because they are Edge bringing back yeah. Edge of Extinction mm-hmm. next episode. Right, but we're down to we're down to seven now. No, no, we're down to six now. We're down to five. We're down to five now. Oh, we're down to five now. The, we go. The, the, it ends this week. We're go- oh, that's right. It's yeah. tonight, but it's like a double episode. I'm talking about it's always a double episode. Yeah. It's a six. You have to play your idols. Then it goes to five. You can't play. Not sure. It's either right, six or it's five. Changes. So they're adding a person back in. That'll probably five, happen first. From right. five to six. Yeah. Yeah. So, and the finale always starts with six. Okay. Um, but yeah, uh, I don't know. He's got a pretty good shot at the at the end, I think. Um, He's got to win one more immunity and then also, maybe make fire. You know, Al pointed this out to me this week. They took out Aurora. He got them to take out Aurora, who is the biggest threat to him in challenges. Yeah. Mm-hmm. <laughs> really helpful. Yeah, Gavin is the second biggest threat, and Gavin's kind of a wet blanket. Although I think we're to the every challenge is going to have a puzzle now, and he was just the he's the best 
on that. Aurora was. I think taking out Aurora was dumb for everybody except Devins. Right. I think it's great for Devins, and I think it's bad because I feel like she is not a person who can talk to a jury at the end. She would, yeah. I think she would fail. At that. I think yeah. she's yeah. she's a, she's somebody I would be happy to sit next to. I she don't want to sit next to Victoria. That makes alienates half the jury, yeah. and that's who you want. Yeah. So. Anyway, we'll see. This is the first time my preseason pick has made it this far of Victoria, but I don't have high hopes for her. I mean, she's got a shot if Devin's doesn't make it. She, ha- she has a shot only because she's a great two and three. There's just nobody deserving if Devin's doesn't make it. Right. She is right now my number, on who comes She back. is my number three pick at this moment. Right now, it's Devin's whoever comes back. Yeah. Then Victoria. Yeah. <laughs> you don't even have Gavin above Victoria. I, no, well, it depends. No. If it's like Reem, then Gav- yes, Gav- I'll have Gavin above Reem. I take Reem over. Gavin's Gavin has yeah. had more agency, and the edit's been kinder to him. Um, yeah, but how do you explain that? Like, I feel like to a jury, they would be indistinguishable, the two of them. Well, they would both say that they're in control of the same stuff. That's, that's presupposing them both being on there, right? I'm We're saying, saying if they're both on there. Oh, if they're both on there, yeah, I think it's. I mean, it's, if, if it ends up being Lauren, Victoria, and Gavin, it'll be the worst winner I've ever seen. And since I started watching six seasons, good. It'll be the best yeah. alliance, though. Yeah. The, the only the only Comparable thing for Lauren is that she was at every tribal council. That's the only thing for Lauren. Lauren, Lauren. Lauren has been every tribal uh, right, council. Right. So she yeah. has been on, if there's a winning side and the winning side is not going home, she's always been on the winning side of every tribal council. Despite Gavin's, losing Alliance members. Gavin's at least won one immunity, right? Maybe two. One. He's won Just one. Just one. Yeah. One individual, yeah. But, not my favorite season since we started watching now. five seasons ago. It's crazy because we've been doing this for three years. And this is our sixth season of Survivor. It's almost like, through the progression of the season, like they've been embarrassed of Extinction Island. The edge of extinction. It's like they're showing even less and less of it. Because they so understand it's, there's nothing Yeah, happening. there's nothing going on there. Uh, uh, the, letter, the letter reading was really good this, this, this episode. Where they all read the letters they wrote to themselves. Yeah. I, uh, I definitely think Extinction, they had the... I don't think they were prepared for the survivors to be this good at at just dealing with it. Right. Mm-hmm. I don't and think they thought they were only going to be too gone by day 34. No, and yeah. so they, uh, yeah, I think it's turned into just summer camp where you go yeah. find things and send them home to your house. You should have been in different yeah. parts of the island. Yeah, I, I really do I'm think they be should have isolated yeah. them. Yeah, well, yeah, this didn't work. But hopefully four seasons from now, they'll like revamp it and decide that you know, they need to break these people's spirits and wills better. Extinction Island now has mountain lions. <laughs> extinction, <laughs> extinction Island now has literal extinction. So, Breezy? They should totally make Extinction Island that. Skipping rocks. <laughs> Sorry. That island uh, with a tribe who killed that missionary dude. <laughs> that should be Extinction Island. The Sentinel The Sri Lankan thing. Sentinel like Island. Yeah. Or Sentinel Island. God. <laughs> I'll be like, I'll take the right torch. Give me a cheeseburger over death, please. <laughs> cheeseburger or death? Uh, I'll take death. <laughs> hey, David. Breezy? Breezy. What's yeah. Here? What you thinking about uh, what Squeenix is doing? I don't know much other than I know the teaser came out yeah. uh, for Final Fantasy VII Remake. Yep. Second teaser. 
Yeah, like the last one was like three years ago. Yeah, it was, it was the, like... the first one was the Rumple teaser, and this one is the second teaser. <laughs> uh, yeah, it was it was pretty great looking. I like the out of combat stuff; it just looks phenomenal. Yeah. Um, the combat stuff, you know, we've we've in the uh, games by us, we've been talking about what is that combat engine that they're using because it's obviously not turn based. Yeah. So I, I looked it up, and it is it is the Final Fantasy fifteen combat engine they're mm-hmm. using, um, or supposedly. Obviously, we don't have like hands on, but <clears throat> the thing. So Square has come out. Sorry, Square Enix has come out and said that they described. Final Fantasy Dissidia as full action. And if you've ever seen mm-hmm. that, it is yeah. like wild gambit system with no pausing, like full on like fighting game style. Mm-hmm. Uh, like more like Final Fantasy Zero or Type Zero. Um, and then they described uh, Kingdom Hearts as something that is less action than that and more strategic. And they've described the Final Fantasy VII remake as more strategic than that. So more like twelve, maybe, maybe, but or you have free range. I think and it, you have. Uh, I think that's closer to the Kingdom Hearts because you do set mm-hmm. up gambits and like AI strategies with that. Sure. So I think that if you have a spectrum between um, like Final Fantasy Tactics, which is full like real time strategy, everyone moves once, actions once, like allies and enemies. There's a turn order you can look ahead in time to figure out what the fuck it is. Mm-hmm. All the way to Dissidia, where it's basically like a twelve-person large, like fighting game. This is probably closer to the tactics end of the spectrum. Um, so, hopefully, it's more strategy than action, and that seems like that's what Square is saying about it. Yeah, I'm just curious how the multiple characters is going to end up. It's it, if it's like fifteen-ish, you know, that was solo character, but you do see Barrett fighting too. You know, Cloud being the main character, you see a lot of his stuff, but you also see battle stuff with Barrett. Yeah, I think I wonder that, how they're doing that. I think that is like Final Fantasy twelve in that you will mm-hmm. switch your character in combat. Mm-hmm. So like you'll set up something for Cloud, but then you can switch and you can be the PC as Barrett. Mm-hmm. So they'll have that, which, you know, turn based strategy shouldn't be mad about because turn based strategy you just not turn based strategy, turn based combat, you do that anyway. But uh yeah, the, the you'll be able to have the focal shift of the the command action for whatever character you're controlling. You just get to move. Also, I think I mean if if I had to guess, I think it's going to be more akin to like Vagrant Story. Okay, not like actually, but like the idea that like you're controlling a character, and then when you get into an orbit of an enemy, we're still going to break away into combat, but like then you're going to be like. A person who can do a thing at an effective range, and so switching up that and moving characters into optimal positions, kind of like that cross between uh, turn-based traditional JRPGs and um, kind of the action RPGs. Or like a Parasite Eve. Yeah, 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 where you've got like a combat dome around you and whatever the ability is. But I've always thought of that more like... Final Fantasy Tactics than I have Paris, not Parasite Eve, but Kingdom Hearts mm. where Kingdom Hearts is full on like if you can jump and double jump and triple jump and juggle, like, mm. do whatever you want like Devil May Cry style um, but I think Parasite Eve is a good comparison but I think you'll have more agency than Parasite Eve 
You'll have more than just like action points that run down on a timer when you're walking and then stopping, aiming, shooting, like shooting twice, missing this fucking like hundred foot bat that's like a foot from your face, and mm-hmm. then like it, it, it continuing. But I'm really excited about it. I'm gonna play it. I just want to look at it, and it's gonna be beautiful. I just yeah. want to see it. Well, yeah, that I just was, want to get another look at you, Final Fantasy VII remake. <laughs> Some people are upset because it we didn't show anything out of Midgard, mm-hmm. uh, Midgar, uh, which is interesting. But I feel like everyone's memories of Final Fantasy VII is Midgar. Yeah, I mean, why would they tease anything besides that? Because that's the the first ten hours of the game are a tease, and they teased Sephiroth in the fire, which is your first like cutscene in disc two is Niflheim, Sephiroth in the fire. So it's. I don't know. It's it's gonna be fine. I still love the whole idea of it, which is that multiple game directors are taking different like parts of the game. Mm-hmm. Um, that's not like like Square Enix doing like the whole thing and then having people help with different systems. Um, it's like Disc One Midgar, like PS One understanding of Final Fantasy Seven is going to be uh, one developer, one director, one style. Like, Disc 2, Overworld, Turks, like, Sid Highwind is going to be another one. Mm-hmm. And then, like, Lost Continent, not Lost Continent, but, like... Northern Crater. Hey, Northern Crater, all that's going to be a third developer where you've got, like, snowboard mini games and, like, weird shit, Golden Saucer, like, nonsense. Mm-hmm. Like, I really like that idea that, that if we're already going to serialize a game the way that, like, Hitman did, like, why not serialize it in a way that makes more sense for a business where people can have better inroads into your property. Mm-hmm. It'd be like, like you know, Doctor Who is often lauded as a, well, if you don't like this episode, you'll like this episode. If you don't like th- those two episodes, you'll like this third episode. And then, by the time you realize that you're not a Doctor Who... You're like, a Time Lord. <laughs> yeah. By the time you've, like, cast aside that and you've had fun watching it, like, you're a Doctor Who fan and you just want to see the whole story. Um, but, yeah. So, Final Seven, big news. That, that was in the uh, Sony, like, mini press briefing this yeah. week. Anybody else got anything big or should we move on to... What to watch? What to watch? We've got three movies coming out this weekend. One is called The Sun is Also a Star. I've been seeing stuff for that. It looks horrifyingly bad. Yes. <laughs> the second one is A Dog's Journey. Horrifyingly so, bad. If you want to go watch a dog die, not once, but over and over again, you can go see A Dog's Journey. Wait, Wait is it like Live, Die, Repeat, but for dogs? It no. gets reincarnated. No, it's this. This it is. It gets reincarnated. Yeah. In a dog's journey? Yeah, it's yeah. one dog getting reincarnated over and over again. So you have to watch a dog die like 20 times. Really, that's insane. Really is. That's <laughs> insane because the creator of the whole... Because that's a whole like movie series. Yeah. The creator of A Dog's Purpose has said that they are committed to never killing dogs in their movies. So what this movie's about is dog death. Wow. Or you can go see... But it's really about dog rebirth. John Wick, Chapter 3, Parabellum. Bah! Yeah. So that's my pick is John Wick Chapter 3 Parabellum because if you pick the other two what's that what's that first movie about the sun being a star and all that did you know it was a star the sun yeah no you're good you don't need to see that movie go see John Wick with us it's true I don't know what a Parabellum is (laughs) either it's like when uh, don't tell me (laughs) (laughs) I want to not know go ahead let's just say Parabellum 
Wouldn't that be synonymous with Climax? It was like our buddy Kevin at the Super Bowl with a trailer for Quantum Solace came on years ago. He's like, what's that mean? I was like, you idiot. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know what that means. <laughs> the small amount of quiet? <laughs> so go well, see John Wick. <laughs> go see John Wick. Find out what a parabellum is. <laughs> yeah. That dog already dead, so you won't have to watch the dog die if you go see John Wick. Uh, there's more Although dogs. he does get another dog. They're, they're not his dogs. They're uh, uh, Beyonce's dogs. Not Beyonce. <laughs> yep. Yep, 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 yep. Uh, Halle Berry. in the movie. I, th- I wonder if, like, the doesthedogdie.com for this movie is just like, no! <laughs> <laughs> they're rating of no. Dude, I don't know if you've kept up with doesthedogdie.com, but there is, like, a list of, like, 400 things that they keep track of yeah. now. They're, like, possible triggers. You think in Infinity War, they just put, like, probably... Just for all of them, every trigger <laughs> for all the dogs. Does the macaw die? <laughs> now I feel spoiled. <laughs> Brazy. <clears throat> yep, we're done. Take us out. <laughs> Thanks for listening. Uh, we're uh, available on Facebook at Movies by Us, TV by Us, and Games by Us. You can email us if you can figure out what the email is. It's a secret. You can uh, tweet, tweet with us. You can. Uh, Subscribe to our podcast. That would be very helpful. Also very helpful if you give us a rating. Also very helpful if that rating consists of at least four stars. Four stars. Yeah, just just search for us. It helps our SEO if you like just search for us randomly and then you click and you find us. Yeah. Google. Uh, and you work at a company, just go by anyone's desk and just type it in. <laughs> <laughs> type the media bias into every computer you see henceforth. These are good jokes. Nobody's listening anymore, but these are good jokes. <laughs> we, want, we want to be the new Who is John Galt. Once we hear record, <laughs> people stop listening. <laughs> as long as they subscribe, I don't <laughs> care. <laughs> I still want that Satva money. <laughs> so, uh, anyway, thanks. Thanks, Willow Walkers. Willow Thanks. Walkers. Thanks, Boo Thank you to my buddies. Buddy, buddy, buddy. And thank what you. What did we sing? To anyone still listening. Goodbye. Bye. Cut it. Kicking rocks down old dusty roads. Small town slowpokes, long time ago. Kicking out records of all the things that I know All the things that I know